Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Billy Ambody. With me is Sonny Ship. We're going to react a little bit before we get into the game of uh, this week, which is LSU Ole Miss, with some recruiting. LSU had a busy Wednesday, the first day of the early signing period, landing multiple commitments from guys that had announcements on that day. And Sonny, I think rightfully so, even though it was kind of in the middle, uh, sandwiched uh, in between some of these other announcements. We've got to start with five-star defensive tackle Mason Smith on a day where you had some defections from the class and Keanu Coat and JoJo Earl, uh, as well as you know that up-in-the-airness with some of the other commits, to land the number one player in Louisiana at defensive tackle, position of need, in my opinion, Ed Ogeron and his staff deserve a lot of credit for keeping Mason at home. Yeah, they do deserve a lot of credit for that, Wild Bill. Uh, Keep Mason Smith at home. You keep the number one prospect in the state at home. You, um, you know, you come out and you say that you're going to put up a fence around Louisiana and you're, you know, the, the job that Ed Ogeron and his staff did in keeping um, all of those pieces in state so far, uh, you know, pretty remarkable. You know, pretty remarkable when you go down the list and you just look at all of the ones who signed and it's LSU, 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 LSU. So uh, really good job. Um, you know, the staff, they were primed to have a, have a really strong class um, coming off of a national championship. Coming into you know even with the struggles that they had this year, when you put all of that to get when you put all of that together, it um, you know it, it brings you out to a class that's ranked number four in the country as of right now when we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, and uh, could still get stronger. So uh, hats off to Orgeron and his staff. Good job. Now you just need to go out and you need to finish. And by finish, you just got to go out and and finish off with some, uh, some offensive linemen to, to get you back to where you need to be next year. Yeah, I, I feel, feel badly for those offensive linemen that they signed to have to go against Mason Smith <laughs> every day in practice. What a yeah. uh, just, just absolute athletic freak. He's got some rawness to his game, but when you look at what he is as an athlete and, and just his size and strength, uh, he's going to be – Somebody that's going to figure into the rotation right away for LSU. Now, I think another one of the big lands, and uh, I will get to who I think is really the right up there with among the best players in this entire class in a second. But Demarius McGee, he kind of uh, you know had his national nationally televised announcement on ESPN too, and he was short and sweet. The Pensacola Catholic four-star defensive back who decommitted from Tennessee earlier uh, this fall in late November that he made it official with LSU uh, right then and there on ESPN2. He's a typical Corey Raymond corner. He's got that long uh, frame and he's going to have to put on some weight at around 165, 170 pounds right now, I would guess. 
from what I think, but uh, he's a, he's a really, really good prospect with a lot of athleticism. Yeah. And when you, you know, when you, when you, when you lose Nathaniel Wiggins to, uh, to Clemson, uh, replacing that spot with the, <clears throat> excuse me, with the number eight cornerback in the country in McGee, you know, that's the way to go out and to, uh, to make it to where those, uh, you know, those hits that you take aren't, uh, aren't nearly as bad as they could have been. Uh, hats off to Corey Raymond again. I'm with you. I like this guy. Um, long, uh, you know, has a frame to where he's going to put on some weight. Um, and, you know, you still have that six foot, six foot one with just long arms out there on the perimeter. And, uh, you know, I, I like this pickup a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I think when you start looking at guys that, okay, you know, I wonder if, if you know, if he would have moved up, if things would have been normal, you know, and this guy would have been having the camps and stuff. And then, a, you know, a senior season that was, you know, a normal senior season, if he would have uh, climbed up the rankings even higher. Yeah, I agree. And, and now uh, we're kind of working our way backwards before we jump back ahead again. But Malik Neighbors really quietly flips to LSU. And this was one where he even announced he was shut down in his recruitment. He was sticking with Mississippi State. But as he put it, he woke up on National Signing Day and said, you know what, uh, I want to go to LSU. And LSU had a spot for him. And I like this pickup mainly because, one, you get a really athletic prospect that is competitive as all get out. And I think the receiver room missed Jamar Chase and missed uh, Justin Jefferson and, and didn't have as much of Terrace Marshall as they probably wanted to, uh, of course. But Jamar's competitiveness, I think, really would have pushed this receiver room a little bit more and kind of showed them how to get it done. Uh, you look at Kayshawn Butte and some of the guys that they have in the class uh, or uh, in the room, and I feel like Malik Neighbors can come in with his competitive nature and kind of push those guys a little bit. Because when I watched him in seven on seven, when I watched him as a junior, that's kind of what stood out the most to me about his game. And look, if receiver somehow doesn't work out, there's some thought that he could be a really good DB too. Yeah, that's what I love about neighbors is, is the versatility that he brings as a guy who could excel on either side of the ball. I mean, he is truly a, uh, you know, he's a true two-way standout. He's just as good on offense as he is on defense and vice versa. And, uh, you know, I, I just love that versatility. I love that versatility. If it doesn't work right here, you know, if if this position gets a little jo- – uh, uh, logged up right here on the on the depth chart. Then what about over here? You know, so you give a guy with some options, he could help the team in a lot of ways. And I just really like and just the wide receiver class as a whole. You know, yeah, you lost JoJo Earl to Alabama. Um, you know that stung a little bit, but you have Deion Smith. You have um, excuse me. You have Jack Besh, who's going to start out at wide receiver. He'll eventually, I think, he'll eventually grow into a tight end. But I think he will start out at wide receiver. You have Malik Neighbors. And then when you look at, uh, you know, Chris Hilton, when you look at what LSU has coming back from this year, you know, you can kind of start to see a little bit of how that wide receiver picture is going to look next year. And I think it's going to look good. Yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, look, you you can't replace talent like Terrace Marshall and Jamar Chase and things like that. But 
you know, the, the flashes that guys like Kayshawn Butte especially showed this year uh, are, are really, really important for this wide receiver room moving forward. And it'll be a lot of young guys out there running around, but if they can get Eric Gilbert back, uh, Deion Smith's going to make a difference. That'll be a really nice uh, situation for LSU at the receiver spot. And then they cap the day with, uh, I think, somebody who's an instant impact type of player. I really do. Armani Goodwin, when you're able to have the production that he's had at the highest level of, of Alabama high school football and average 10 yards of carry coming off of a torn ACL, uh, that just speaks to how impressive uh, that he is as a football player. And uh, credit to Kevin Falk. I think he got two really good running backs in the class right now. They're shooting for Logan Diggs, who's going to sign in February. But uh, this was a huge, huge pickup out of the, out of the state of Alabama. Yeah, huge pickup, and I'm with you. <clears throat> instant playmaker. Uh, I think he and Corey Connor are both just instant playmakers. Um, you know, with with what they've with what they've produced in high school. I think that, you know, that they've just done it at the, uh, you know, I know some will question Corey Conner and the level, but uh, you're certainly not going to do that with Armani Goodwin, like you said. So, um, yeah, a really nice haul. Man, I, I just, you know, I, I, I really like Logan Diggs as a player. You know, my thing is that when you have all these other needs and stuff, you know, like do we really, do you really need three running backs in this class when you've got one offensive tackle? committed you know so it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out with between Notre Dame LSU and Logan Diggs whether or not somebody else comes into the plate into the picture too but uh it's just really tough for me to see LSU taking three running backs in this class I completely agree with you and I I'm with you I don't think it's a position of need I can understand why they do why they do it you know uh, Chris Curry what's his future uh Ty Davis Price, John Emery, Trey Bradford are, are the guys uh, coming up. Uh, certainly, we've seen flashes out of uh, Ty Davis Price and, and John Emery, uh, and they're poised for even bigger roles next year. Um, but, you know, that's, that's a position that I don't think needs to be addressed. I think finding transfers uh, on the offensive line, linebacker, corner, safety, something like that, uh, that, that is still yeah. very important. And uh, I think that's the way they've got to build this football team back up because look we know that LSU is a win now type of job and obviously they did that uh, with the national championship in uh, Ed Ogeron uh, getting it done in 2019 uh, putting that team together but uh, they've got to build it back up because the pressure is going to be on next year yeah pressure is going to be on next year and I mean look let's face it you've got now you'll now you've got three top five classes that will, um, you know, that this is going to, this is where the core of your team should be, um, you know, coming into, uh, coming into the, into the 2020, excuse me, the 2021 season. You would like to have some of those, uh, you know, some, <clears throat> excuse me, some elder statesmen from the, uh, you know, from the class before that, but, you know, that's going to be the core of your class right there. And I think when you look at how you start rebuilding this roster, like you said, it starts with this class right here. It starts, you know, then it moves on to Ed Orgeron re-recruiting some of the players that he currently has right now to come back next year to take advantage of that getting an extra year due to the NCAA not counting the 2020 season towards their eligibility clock. 
And then I'm with you again. I think it goes on to the transfer portal. I would like to see LSU save two spots for the transfer portal, one for an offensive lineman, and then um, and then the second one, wherever you can get the biggest impact player on defense, whether it is a, uh, you know, whether it's corner, whether it's safety, or whether it's linebacker. Defensive end, I don't think you – I think you're good right there. But wherever you can find your biggest impact player at – and if I and if it's me, I would prefer a safety over a corner because I think between Distingley, Flott, Ricks, with what Ward has shown, uh, with what McLaughlin showed, <clears throat> excuse me, showed against um, against Florida, and um, you know I, I think that I think that they're pretty good at cornerback. And man, I'm really looking forward to that pod that you're that that personal pod that you're going to have over Dwight McLaughlin and his performance against Florida because, man, the board was looking for you that night. <laughs> Look, the, the, they, were the, calling, they were calling for you, dude. They were calling the dogs on you. Uh, hey, thankfully, uh, one of my friends got, got married that night and uh, had to be the best man and, and uh, you know, get, get, get plenty of attention that night. So I was off the board. I walked into uh, – uh, I was telling Shay earlier this week, we walked into the hotel bar and Cade York was lining up for – uh, what ended up being the game-winning field goal. But I, I did re-watch it. I thought he played well, but I also thought that, and you, you guys can all sick me on the board for this one, but uh, there are a lot of passes caught on Dwight McLaughlin, and I'd be interested to see how he graded out uh, in, the, in the film room. Uh, but he tackled really well, and look, he, he, he got uh, you know some playing time, which I was one of the first people as well to say this year that he should be getting some playing time after LSU's pass defense was... Uh, being uh, torn apart for much of the year. Yeah, <clears throat> no, he shows some. You know, I think he. Sh- <clears throat> I think he showed enough to where you look. You can look at it. You can say, okay, you know, in a normal, with the normal, with the normal, uh, you know, with the normal all season to prepare and stuff. You like his body. You like his. You like the physical traits. Now you work on the hips. You work on the speed. You work on the quickness, and you know, see if you can fine tune some of those things. But. Um, just uh, you know, it was good to see him get some playing time. Good to see him play, you know, play fairly well, and good to see him uh, you know, play a big part in the in them getting that huge upset. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, uh, one other name, uh, Navantique Strong, uh, the number one junior college linebacker in the country, is headed to LSU. Uh, they basically flipped him from Mississippi State. He decommitted, and uh, that's another instant impact type of player uh, for LSU, but. Uh, Sunday, I want to shift gears now uh, to LSU's matchup this weekend. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin comes to town. Uh, their first coaching matchup against each other as head coaches. And this one's going to be fun. I think we're going to see a lot of points scored. Uh, if LSU's offense can return to its form that they had against Florida, obviously they uh, got some help from the defense. But uh, th- this was one where uh, I think we're going to see a lot of points in Tiger Stadium to close out this season. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you're going to see a. Uh, I think you're going to see a high-scoring affair. Uh, you know, those looking for defense or those looking to uh, looking to get out of uh, Tiger Stadium because they've got 6:30 uh, dinner reservations or something around Tiger Stadium is probably going to be disappointed. This is one of those games that could very well end up being five and a half, six hours between all the stoppages in play. And then all the uh, all the points being scored, but uh, should be a fun one. Should be a fun one. You know, see what 
see how LSU comes out if they try to build off that Florida game and uh, in, in, in the season at five and five, win their last two, which, you know, to finish five and five, I, I don't think you would have found many people who would have said that they have, you know, a decent amount of chance of doing that three weeks ago. So um, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a good one. What's the, uh, what's the big matchup that you're looking for, the matchup that you're most anxious to see? And I tell you what, this, this defensive line for LSU is going to have to get after Matt Corral and, and, and try to force him uh, into some mistakes like they did against Kyle Trask and take advantage of that and give LSU's offense extra possessions because this is a, this is a, a Ole Miss offense that I think, friendship aside, you know, Lane Kiffin's going to still want to put up some points, especially after Ed Ogeron uh, got that head-to-head recruiting battle win against him for Deion Smith. Yeah, Matt Corral, that's going to be that's going to be a big matchup for me too is is can LSU uh force him into some turnovers. One thing about it, uh you know, he's going to take risks, he's going to take chances. He's going to have plays where you're like there's no way he's going to do this and 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 he'll do it. Uh you know, he's that type of player. And uh, you know, I'm anxious to see I'm anxious to see if Ole Miss if LSU is able to line up and just grind on Ole Miss's defense. Uh, you know, for me, because you want to keep the ball away from Ole Miss as much as possible. You know, is LSU able to put together some of those uh, you know, some of those fourteen play, fifteen play drives that we've seen this season? Choose up six and a half minutes, seven and a half minutes off the clock, keeps that Ole Miss offense over there on the sideline. Those are some things I want to see and, uh, you know, really see them establish the run game and kind of go out there and, uh, and, and just really dominate in the trenches on both sides. And, and like I said, finish this season five and five and, uh, you know, start building for next year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I got this one going. I think it's, I, I think it could end up being a 45, 42 game. I I'm going to go ahead and pick LSU. I, I think that that win over Florida might have galvanized the guys a little bit. Last game for Jacoby Stevens, last game for some of these other other guys uh, in the purple and gold. And, you know, maybe they find a way to to just get by and uh, give LSU some momentum going into the offseason since they're sitting out the bowl. Yeah, I think I told you. What did I tell you? Did I tell you 41-38 when we were talking before? I think so. Somewhere right around there. Yeah, uh, and as soon as I said that, I was like, "No, nah, man." I said, "I said I need to go higher than that. Not much higher, but I'm gonna go 48-42. I'm gonna go LSU 48, Ole Miss 42. Um, just a lot of offense, but I really think that LSU is gonna come out and LSU is gonna flex some muscle in the run game. They're gonna run the ball uh, effectively. They're gonna chew up some clock, and then uh, you know I, I think the defense is going to pick up a uh, pick up a score. I believe they're going to force Matt Corral into a turnover like, uh, you know, like it did against um, against Kyle Trask. And I mean, hey, you know, if if this is Bo Pelini's last last uh, game this year, I think it's safe to say that he will know he will not ever coach in another LSU uniform. So if this is that moment, you know, Bo wants to go out a winner. Yeah, we'll have to see uh, the speculation, obviously, all already ramping up. And we'll track that for you guys on Go 24-7, just like we tracked National Signing Day for you guys. What a day on the board. Uh, Sonny, that was, that was fun. That was, 
you know, there, it was up and down. It was all over the place. Rumors galore. I mean, that was, that's like a national signing day of old. I feel like. Yeah. The, um, you know, and I, and I think over the past, over the past six months, we've had so many melts that the melts are just kind of just starting to blend in now. But, um, you know, I think, I think they actually handled it fairly well. You know, it was definitely one of those roller coaster days, you know, roller coaster days where you didn't really, you know, things caught you off guard. You didn't, wasn't expecting this, but other people wasn't expecting this too. So it was a fun day, man. Fun, fun day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like I said, we'll have your coverage of LSU Ole Miss Saturday afternoon. Keep it locked on Go 24-7. Still a lot of recruiting news uh, to get to on the board. And uh, don't be surprised if we're not done this week. So uh, that's just a little teaser for you guys. Keep it locked on Go 24-7. Subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, and thanks so much for listening. Sonny, we'll catch you next time. Everybody else, have a great weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.